Shalom and welcome to Think Jewish, where we join together to explore divine keys for a better life. The title of this week's lecture is Shabbat Before and After, subtitle Finding Inner Peace. Our Torah portion of Vayakhel Moshe and Moses Assembled begins with Moses commanding the Jewish people concerning the laws of Shabbat before they begin to actually build the tabernacle. In the previous Torah portion of Kitisa, after Moses finishes commanding the children of Israel with all the details of how they are to build the tabernacle, Moses commanded them concerning the Shabbat as well. Thus, we have Moses commanding the children of Israel twice concerning the Shabbat. Once after Moses commands them to build the tabernacle and once before the children of Israel actually build the tabernacle. In Kabbalah and Hasidis, such details from the Torah open for us the multi-level depths of the Shabbat. There is Shabbat that precedes the six days you shall work. And then there is the Shabbat that comes only after the six days you shall work. Of the first Shabbat, the one before the six days, our sages state, from her, meaning the Shabbat, from her are blessed all days, meaning the upcoming days of the week. And of the latter Shabbat, the one after the six days you shall work, our sages say, on Shabbat all your works of the past week are done, meaning they are elevated to completion. Thus, the title of our lecture is not referring to us and the universe as we exist before and after the Shabbat, but rather it is referring to the two layers of Shabbat, of which one is the Shabbat before the six weekdays of work, and the other is after the six weekdays of work. Kabbalah and Hasidus speak of these two layers of Shabbat existing even on the supernal divine level, in which before the six days of creation there was a primordial Shabbat first, and then as the Torah tells us that after the six days of creation, God rested and there was Shabbat, the seventh day of the week. Another introduction necessary for this lecture is to understand the two-directional flow through which the universe must travel in order to reach its completion. There is the from below to above direction and there is the from above to below direction. I know this is going to get a little bit complicated. From below to above, from above to below. What this means is that in order for the two to become one, which two? The spiritual and the physical, creator and creation, and the dualism and the oneness paradigms of truth, the below must be elevated to the above and the above must be drawn down into the below. All of the Torah in its study and in its commandments 
is always working one of these two directions of unity between God and the universe. For our discussion, the primary focus of building the tabernacle is to build a physical home for God's presence and to draw down God's presence into our physical realm of existence. So I emphasize the word drawn down, thus it is the service of the from above to below direction. Shabbat, on the other hand, is all about elevating our physical realm from the world of action and speech into the world of thought. Shabbat is about elevating us and our universe from our mundane work of temporal physical existence into its higher eternal spiritual existence. It's a spiritual day. You may better see this metaphorically as being that Shabbat is about us leaving the field where we work and entering into the king's throne room to be in the presence of the king. We are being elevated from below to above. Thus I set the scene for our lecture. You have the building of the tabernacle, which is all about bringing about from the above to below, God's presence should descend and dwell amongst us. And you have Shabbat, which is all about the elevation of the world into the king's throne room, into spirituality from below to above. There is one last introduction that we should discuss before exploring the before and the after Shabbat layers. And that is the interrelation between the two flows from the above to below flow and from the below to from the above to below and from below to above. Wow. <laughs> I'm already getting tongue tied myself. This interrelationship is based upon one not being able to function without the influence of the other. These two flows, they're dependent upon each other. They're interdependent. This happens on two levels as well. A. God created that the above be aroused and reflect the actions of the below. Therefore, in order for there to be a from above to below flow, there must first be the arousal of the above from the below flow. So if we're saying that everything that comes from above to below is aroused and reflects the actions of the below, that means we have to have from the below to the above to arouse and solicit, so to speak, the above to below flow. B, the second way in which these two flows depend upon each other and work together, the finite below is significantly insignificant in the face of the infinite above. Therefore, in order for the below to be able to arouse the above, the below must first be empowered by the above. The flow from the above to the below. Otherwise, the finite below has no impact upon the above. It first needs to be empowered by the above to have a significance in the face of the above. Additionally, on a very simple practical level, 
the below must be aroused to a spiritual sensitivity and to serve a spiritual purpose and this as well happens only from first having a flow from above to below to arouse the person's sensitivity level so there you go these two flows are interdependent because everything that happens from above God shows it should be aroused from the below so there has to be the from below to above in order to arouse and solicit a reaction from the above to below on the other hand on its own the below the finite physical below is way too insignificant to even arouse the above so first the above has to empower the below to have a significance in order to be able to arouse the above thus in building the tabernacle in order that I will rest among them that's what God says build me a tabernacle in order that I will rest among them from above to below God resting among them coming from above there had to first be the Jewish people giving the teruma donation the teruma the word teruma means donation but literally it means harama a lifting which was from below to above flow the Jewish people are reaching into their pockets and they're giving to the building of the tabernacle that's from below to above in order to arouse that God should then react by descending from above to below and dwell within the tabernacle that the Jewish people were building for him on the other hand in order that the children of Israel's finite donation their half shekels and their finite donations from below to above should carry any significance and power of arousal upon the above it first had to be empowered by a flow from above to below which was the enactment of and Moses which he is a representation of above the emissary of God so the verse says first and foremost and Moses assembled all the congregation of the children of Israel that was Moses descending from above empowering the Jewish people that they from below should be able to give their tirumah in such a fashion that it should be of a huge significance to God arousing within God to want to come from above, above to below and dwell within the tabernacle thus what you now have here is first there is a lower flow from above to below to arouse and empower the below human to be able to arouse a reflection from above this flow from above to below which is the original flow in order to empower the Jewish people is an investment it's as our sages say a descent for the sake of an ascent this flow from above to below is solely for the sake of empowering the people below to bring about an elevation which would then in turn draw down the higher from a flow from above to below so that the below by giving their teruma and building their tabernacle will bring the ultimate higher flow from above to below that God's presence will rest amongst us I know that this is getting a little bit tongue-tied so let me just once again sum it up okay there's the from bel above to below 
Above to below means God is revealing himself to us unsolicited. That sudden Jewish feeling, spiritual feeling, feeling of closeness that comes about. Then we take that empowerment and invitation that God shines upon us from above and we use it to then create the reverse flow which is that we reach into our physical world our physical identity our physical money our physical way of living and we give that to God by living a Jewish life by building for God a spiritual world a world that has a holy temple even our office becomes a place where we study words of Torah help human beings that's us giving when we give to God now that we've done that that arouses God to give us a higher from above to below in which God dwells within our physical gifts to him so there you have the lower from above to below to empower us then we have the below to above in which we serve God elevating our physical world so that it can unite with God and become a home for God which then solicits from God to quote-unquote move into our world which is the ultimate above to below God resting and his presence being revealed within our world okay now we can understand the two Shabbatot in Hebrew feminine plural is the ot at the end so two Shabbat is Shabbatot of the two Torah portions the before and the after the process of building a tabernacle for God the first Shabbat is the one that empowers us even to engage into a cause and effect relationship with God and his supernal abode I think we should pause here for a moment and reflect upon what a relationship really is all about and how this works in a relationship with God to understand the gift of a relationship I want to first reflect upon the gift of democracy I personally was amazed when I learned of the ideological battle that Thomas Jefferson and John Adams fought concerning what form of governance there should be for the United States of America I was equally shocked when I learned that President George Washington was referred to as King Washington and were it not for him to have said no that the United States may have had a monocracy Adams had serious concern of whether a true republic could work he truly questioned whether all men were created equal in being able to equally partake in the governance of their own land the gift of democracy as we know it today is based upon the government being in a relationship with the people in, in, in which one has an effect on the other neither is aloft or beyond being affected by the other the people have a direct effect upon the elected rulers and the decisions of the elected rulers have a direct effect upon the people this is the basis of a healthy human relationship 
Dictatorship and monarchy, as the human race know monarchy to be, is not of such a relationship. When two human beings are in a relationship in which one or both set themselves up that the other cannot have an effect on them, whether it is to get hurt or to be lifted up, they are then not in the true human need or human capacity of a relationship. They're protecting themselves from having a relationship, thus denying themselves of having a relationship, the most fundamental human need. Thus, the gift of having a relationship is part and parcel with the vulnerability of being affected by another human being. That is the gift, I believe, of democracy, which is the ultimate gift and necessity of the human race. To be able to have a real relationship in which one is affected by the other, not protected, not aloft, but totally vulnerable to get hurt or to be lifted up, to be affected by the other in the relationship. That's what a relationship truly is all about. Now, how would this work in our having a relationship with God? In the relationship between two human beings, regardless of the perceived value and power of one over the other, they are each an incomplete human being, which at the depth of it all are therefore ultimately two dependent equals. However, can this be said about us and God? I think that the formula in our relationship with God is three-dimensional. It is built upon our needing God and God wanting us. I'm going to repeat that. Our relationship with God is built upon our needing God and God wanting us. Now, here is where it gets really beautiful in becoming a three-dimensional relationship. The three-dimensional the three aspect to this relationship is that God also chose to need us for the fulfillment of his desire. All of a sudden, God is not just wanting us. God chose to be vulnerable and to need us to fulfill his desire. And together with this, God also chose to empower us to choose whether we want God or not. So now, not only do we need God, but God gifted us with that capacity of being able to want God or not to want God. So that's the three-dimensional full relationship in which the two, God and us, are vulnerable to be affected by each other. Kabbalah and Hasidus see deeply into the verse, Umalchuto beratzon kiblu alehem, and his kingship, Willingly accept upon yourselves. Entire high holiday mystical concepts are built upon this understanding of the verse. That year after year, Rosh Hashanah is the day of God's coronation. And that year after year, it is up to us to choose 
God as our king. According to these mystical teachings, the difference between a ruler, a dictator, and a king is precisely that the king must be willingly chosen by the people or he can only be a ruler or a dictator. God wants neither of those, not to be our ruler nor to be our dictator. God asks for us to choose God so that he can be our king. Thus, God's choice of monarchy is to have a relationship with us in which its very core is based upon God's being affected by us. Will he be our king or must he be our ruler or dictator? Not only is the foundation of the relationship a one-time experience of us being able to choose God, but then once we choose God, he's our king, so we have no choice. No. Rather, the entire relationship is then of cause and effect with us being the cause and God being the effect. That is amazing. Now we understand the depth of the relationship that God is seeking to have with us, a true relationship in which God becomes vulnerable to us and God asks of us to become vulnerable to Him. God is, elect, uh, is allowing Himself to be subjected to being affected by us. We are the cause. God's situation and God's reaction is the effect. However, for this to happen, for us to be able to build for God a tabernacle, a palace in which we will have a daily relationship with God, we need to first be empowered by God to be able to have an effect on Him. To be able to have us affect Him. This is the first Shabbat where the above empowers the below to enter into a true relationship in which the people can affect God. That is the first from below to above where we're being elevated to have significance that we can affect God. This is the first Shabbat which comes before the six days you shall work which is all about from below to above of building for God a universal tabernacle. That's really what the six days you shall work is all about. Building for God a universal tabernacle. The second Shabbat which comes after the six days you shall work that's again from the below to above, six days you shall work, is the fruits of the relationship. That's the second Shabbat, in which God and us, the above and the below, are being affected and brought to great heights in our relationship as we build our home together in which to live as one. Thus, this is the second Shabbat elevation from below to above. Here too, I want to focus on what this means that this Shabbat of God building and living together with us in a home is really about the elevation. So here too, I would like to pause for a moment and reflect upon our relationship with God. The Rebbe of blessed memory 
in his calendar of daily guidance and inspiration called Hayom Yom, published in 1943, writes, Perfect is when it comes from above. Cherished is when it comes from below. Perfect is God's natural state and is the requirement in having anything worthy of being a gift to God. It's all about perfect. What God wants, however, is a universe of preciousness, something that God can cherish, not about the perfection, but about cherish. This is the Kabbalistic and Hasidic understanding to the desire that drove God to create a world in which evil exists and ego exists so that we can experience freedom of choice. Freedom of choice is the necessary ingredient for anything to be precious to God. So yes, God could have created a perfect world, but then it wouldn't have been a precious world. God created the imperfect world, gave us freedom of choice, and now from below above, we create for God a precious world that God can cherish. However, this does not negate our human fault of imperfection, which denies anything we do to be worthy of being a gift, all the less so a home for God. Seems to be a catch-22. If it's going to be precious, something that God can cherish, it's going to come from the imperfect below. But if it's imperfect, then it isn't befitting of God. And perfect only comes from above. Therefore, after we create something precious from below to above, does this cherished gift need to be polished and perfected by the above? This is why the second Shabbat, the one that comes after the six days you shall work from below to above, is defined as on Shabbat, all your works of the past week are done, elevated to completion. Now, please, read that word completion as perfection. Let's read it again. On Shabbat, all your works of the past week are elevated to perfection. This is the ultimate Shabbat elevation process of from a below to above, elevating the below to the perfection of above. So now we understand why Moses talks twice about the Shabbat. The first Shabbat is about empowering us, giving us significance so that we can enter into a cause and effect relationship with God so that what we do is significant and can arouse a reaction from God. It empowers us to give God a precious gift which God will cherish. However, this precious gift that God cherishes is imperfect. And therefore the second Shabbat now elevates our precious gift from below to meet the standards of perfection of above. Now, in all that we discussed, Shabbat is only the elevation flow of from below to above, elevating us by empowering us to be able to affect the above 
and then elevating to, per to perfection that which is from below to above. However, there is a third Shabbat, which is the Shabbat gift from above to below. The cause and effect relationship in which the cherished work of the below affects the above is all part of the six days you shall work. Even when we speak of the second Shabbat completing and perfecting the cherished work of below, this too is ultimately part of the six days you shall work. In the teachings of Hasidus, the definition of the six working weekdays are defined by one of the 49 forbidden works on Shabbat called Boirer. Let me just for a moment explain that when it says in the verse that one may not work on Shabbat through extrapolation we know that there's the 49 different categories of work. One of those categories is called Boirer. Now simply this means to choose out good from bad. Boirer, to choose out good from bad. In the deeper mystical sense, this refers to the godly spark of holiness, which is the good, being elevated from the physical, egocentric, self-seeking dimension of pleasure, which is bad. The Boyer process on a spiritual level is all about refining and elevating the physical object from its physical dimension of being a pleasure object to fulfill our self-seeking pleasure into becoming a godly object of service. That is the mystical dimension of that work of the weekdays, which is forbidden on Shabbat, which is called Boirer. Now both the Shabbat of before and after, as we explain them, are part of that process of refining and elevating the below. The, the Shabbat before is empowering us to be able to do the boirer, and the Shabbat after takes that which we did through our boirer refinement elevation and lifts it up to godly perfection. However, then there comes the third dimension of the Shabbat. Our sages say, comes Shabbat, comes Menucha. Menucha means rest, inner peace. Kabbalah and Hasidus define this as ta'anug, which means pleasure. Many communities have on Shabbat what is called Oneg Shabbat, pleasure of Shabbat. It is usually a get-together for women when the husband will take care of the children so that the woman can get together and just have a pleasurable Shabbat moment with refreshments and often with a guest speaker. Shabbat is Oneg. Shabbat is defined as pleasure. Oneg Shabbat. Pleasure is a very unique power. There is the pleasure that we seek to fulfill us. Often it is to fill a hole, a pain, or a discomfort within. When we are sad, we do something that brings us pleasure, such as shopping, eating, watch a movie, listen to music. However, in the teachings of Kabbalah and Hasidus, the power of pleasure comes not from below. It's not from tantalizing nerve endings, releasing endorphins, 
or creating escapisms. Rather, in the works of Kabbalah and Hasidis, it comes from the highest order of the soul's crown. We refer in Kabbalah and Hasidis to the power of pleasure as the inner dimension of the crown. That's as high as it gets. We also refer to it as the essence of the soul. The ultimate experience of pleasure is the divine gift of truly being able to be in the absoluteness of our inner peace and of being one within ourselves. I'm going to repeat that. The ultimate experience of pleasure is the divine gift of truly being able to be in the absoluteness of our inner peace and of being one within ourselves. It is to truly be okay with ourselves in the form of feeling absolutely as a cherished and perfect child of God. I think I'm going to read that sentence again too. It is to truly be okay with ourselves in the form of feeling absolutely as a cherished and perfect child of God. On our own, no creation can ever truly feel this. We struggle to feel comfortable within our own skin and even struggle more to feel at peace, complete, cherished and perfect as is. This gift of pleasure is the ultimate gift of Shabbat. It is where the essence inner peace of God's essence shines upon us from above to below. This is the third Shabbat which comes after the first Shabbat, the work, the donation, the building, and then the second Shabbat. Then comes the third Shabbat, the third dimension of Shabbat. In closing, in closing, let us re-examine everything we discussed, but this time as our personal journey to inner peace. A. The first step is to surrender the bullying paradigm of proving that we are the ultimate center and power of the universe. Yeah, we get stuck in that bullying paradigm. We have to surrender that. We start with Shabbat and not with Sunday. We start not with being a predator conquering the world. Rather, we start with humbly opening up, waiting for an invitation and empowerment from above so that we may enter into a relationship with God and the universe and to be able to make a difference. We need an invitation into that relationship. We need to be empowered into that relationship from God. And this is the verse, and Moses, man of God, whoa, man of God above, assembled the congregation of the children of Israel. B, now being invited and empowered into a relationship with God, one in which we can have an effect on God, we feel wanted, cherished, and that we can make a difference. We begin to give our part of the relationship from below to above. This is the verse that says, and you shall take me for me, I'm sorry, and you shall take for me from below to above a teruma, elevation, lifting, donation.
Once we feel cherished and wanted, we can do that. Step C, the process of building a tabernacle now takes place in which God will descend from above to below and dwell amongst us. We now not only feel cherished, rather we also feel blessed that God rests within our work. This is the verse that says, And you shall make for me a sanctuary, and I will dwell amongst them. Then comes step D. Yes, we feel blessed, cherished, and close to God. Yet precisely because of being in a close relationship with God, the fingerprints of our human egocentric imperfection glare out at us. Thus, we open up to humbly accepting our imperfection, allowing the Shabbat after to elevate our work, cleansing our fingerprints, bringing our work to completion and perfection. This is the saying, on Shabbat, all your works of the past week are done, elevated to perfection. Those are four steps. However, in all of these steps, we spoke not of ourselves of who we are, but of the purpose we have and the relationship we are in. All that we have done from the first Shabbat inviting us in and empowering us to the donations we give, to the building of the tabernacle, to the second Shabbat perfecting it all causes huge pleasure for God. After all of this, God reveals to us the essence pleasure that He has in us for who we are beyond anything that we do for God or any purpose that we serve to God. Now it's about God's pleasure in us for who we simply are. This and only this is the experience of true inner peace and true pleasure. So, one should always remember that while the early bird gets the worm, the early worm gets eaten. Therefore, always live within your higher consciousness.